Everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. The Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 of the Zone. We're going to talk to Sam Amick coming up here momentarily, our good friend from The Athletic for your NBA Daily Assist. Always look forward to talking to Sam. Highlight of the week, Gordo. Yes, there's no doubt about that. Sam is absolutely one of the best. And so we'll ask him about uh, the latest with the the Disneyland or Disney World idea. We'll ask Sam about uh, how the NBA is handling it now that uh, restrictions in some states are are starting to lift and kind of what he's uh, hearing about tackling some of these problems that we've talked so much about. Yes, Uh, looking forward to it. Hey, Jake, i got to tease you with something. Uh Uh-oh. Uh, Austin heard this because it was coming over the mic, but during the break I was watching an argument between Max uh, Zanin Kellerman and uh, Stephen A. Smith over who was better, Stockton or, Stockton or Isaiah Thomas. And at some time we will play this for our listeners. I'm afraid their, their heads might spin off their uh, necks and fall onto the ground if they, when they hear what Stephen You want to do that for drops of the day today? We, we, if you want to, All we right. can play it whenever. We could do that. But uh, but it's, it's, it's pretty one-sided. I'll say it that way. However, right now it is time for your daily assist. Austin? It's time for your NBA fix. This is the Big Show Daily Assist. Featuring all the latest news and insight on the association. Now joining the Big Show. Senior NBA writer for The Athletic, Sam Amick. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. All right, it's time for your daily assist brought to you by Lee's Heating and Air. Check them out online, leesheatac.com. Out to the Sprint special guest line we go. Sprint, they make it safe and easy to uh, to get what you need online. Visit sprint.com for online services and local store availability. From The Athletic, he's our good friend Sam Amick. Hi, Sam. How are you? Hi, guys. Doing just fine. Good afternoon. So any idea if you would make the cut or not for this Disney World idea? I don't know. We've been talking about that in media circles. Um, I was more of the optimistic sort, and maybe I'm overvaluing you know, our place in the whole NBA ecosystem. But I think it's certainly uh, in question. You know, it's just, uh, I mean, first of all, you know, will it happen? whether it's Vegas or Disney World or, you know, multiple cities potentially. But then, yeah, like what's what's the headcount look like? Because it's crazy once you count up the teams and the training staffs and the coaching staffs and the support staff and then the broadcast team. You know, once you get to that point, it's hundreds of people. So I just don't know how, uh, how limited they want to keep it. But, uh, you know, I'm also torn about doing it, like – and Gordon, you can relate where you know it'd be really interesting professionally, but then it's also a little bit like the players and, and probably their mixed emotions. Like, yeah, you want to play, but do I want to go be away from my family for six weeks and and only be able to go to a few limited places physically? I don't know. That's a different question for sure. For a while there, Sam, I was I was kind of just to a point where I was thinking it isn't going to happen. 
But now I, I'm starting to think maybe it will happen. And I, I don't know. Yeah, it's like the, de- the devil's in the details, right? How, how is it all going to play out? But I, I don't know. I'm just getting sort of this impression like there are the powers that be want to push it forward. I tried to tell you, Gordon, a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> I know. I know. But you're, Nobody you're, believe me. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, the optimism has been there for a while. Now, there's been, you know, pockets of cynicism. And even at our place at the Athletic, you know, we we got some top-notch basketball reporters, obviously. And we have, like, this internal channel where people share information. And even the kind of kind of looking, looking at some of the comments on there of different conversations people have had around the league, it's a fairly mixed bag as far as optimism versus pessimism. But I will say this. I mean, today I thought it was fascinating because um, two prominent owners, Mark Cuban of the Mavericks and Mark Lazary of the Bucks, come out publicly. And, you know, I don't know if I missed anybody else, but they come out publicly and – say, you know, Mark said that he uh, definitely thought there would be a playoff. And I'm sorry, Mark Lazary. And Mark Cuban said he was cautiously optimistic. And they were on CNN and also uh, CNBC. And, you know, that got my attention because, honestly, those guys are not saying that publicly if I am safe, you know, thinking this, if the league and the NBA don't know that they're going to go out and say something like that. And Mark Cuban in particular is part of the task force that involves the president and then in terms of like the the commission on reopening the economy. And so Cuban's perspective goes well beyond the scope of being the owner of one team. So, uh, you know, again, the devil is in the details. The devil is also in in just the the curve, so to speak. And and while the rates have gone down, you know, all it would take uh, right now is, is a spike of any significance to change the landscape again for everybody. So, you know, that's where you got to qualify this stuff. I, I do think they appear to be moving closer towards possibly having a playoffs, but uh, but that could change by next week for all I know. What do you think about the NBA negotiating on when to um, uh, open up facilities where they had initially sent uh, set the date of May 1st but bumped it back to May 8th? And it's, it's not just about safety but also competitive balance, right, where some states can do it before others. How do you think that will sort itself out? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, shameless plug here. We have a fairly comprehensive story on that coming out in the morning, um, trying to explore some of those dynamics. And, I mean, where I fall on it is they're just going to have to put up with a certain competitive disadvantage for a, a fairly short amount of time. Again, if things continue to reopen, I think that will get settled relatively quickly. And the other distinction here is, like, you know, I've seen the 19-page memo that the NBA sent to teams detailing every last detail of, of what you would have to do to your facility to reopen. And But, I mean, we're talking about individual workouts where um, it's a one-player, one-basket rule. Um, you cannot work out. For one, they're voluntary. Teams are not even allowed to request a player's presence at all. Um but it's voluntary, and they are not allowed to work with any coach on the front of the bench, so to speak. So that would be Quinn Snyder and his top assistant for the Jazz. Uh, you can work with a behind-the-bench coach or a player development coach, and it's just. But it's limited. It's you know you're obviously out there by yourself. Um, you can get treatment, um, and that's a benefit. I think part of this for some of these teams, as far as like the NBA's reasoning behind it 
is that I think there was a concern that NBA players would, you know, I mean, they are dying to get on a court right now, that they would, in some of these states where the restrictions have been lifted, that they would just run over to the local YMCA or the local 24-hour fitness where that's not a controlled environment and, and the NBA couldn't really account for the, the safety of that sort of a setting. So that's part of it. And then I think from there we'll have to wait and see if it was a first step toward a return or if uh, it was just kind of a, a one-off because of what's happening in the rest of the country. So in your mind, Dr. Amick, uh, how do you what, – what is the ideal – situation or the most likely let me say it this way the most likely scenario as far as how this will be put together and what it will look like i don't really know yet i mean i actually i would like to in the next few days or week um write you know i've got some pretty good information on the vegas front and kind of how that might look and not only the logistics but you know the the playing format ideas that some people have kind of been in the league year about. But admittedly, because the Walt Disney World thing kind of became front and center this week, you know, my focus kind of shifted there where that, I mean, there's just, it makes a lot of sense. And I have been in touch with some players about that prospect. They seem to be pretty open to it. But the synergy, I guess synergy and control would be the two things that jump out to me. The synergy is that um, you're talking about Disney as a company which, you know, last I checked was losing, um, what was it, $30 million a day, I believe. They were just hemorrhaging money. They obviously own ESPN, and they've got the partnership with ABC, and that's the big-time partner with TNT of the the NBA's TV contract. So the synergy is, okay, not only are you helping, you know, your TV arm by, you know, providing a a place that has arenas and, and, and you could pull it off, you are also uh, on private property, so you can control the environment in a much different way than if you tried to do the Las Vegas approach. Because uh, Vegas, obviously, being private property, you know, it's fragmented all over the place, but, you know, it's in the midst of public property, and it's just a lot trickier. So the Disney World thing, you know, right now seems to be front and center. But um, I've also been told that it could be, you know, four or five, six different cities where, you you have kind of you know the bubble city idea, but actually kind of parsed out among quite a few cities. I don't know which one, if they can do this, kind of wins the day. But you know, I think they're uh, chewing on everything right now. Sam Amick with us uh, from the Athletic on ninety seven five and twelve eighty the Zone. Sam, switching gears a little bit, as you know, we're watching along with this Michael Jordan documentary, The Last Dance, and uh, over the weekend in episode three, they highlighted, or I guess three and four for that matter, they highlighted the Detroit Pistons, the Bad Boys, and getting past that hump for uh, Jordan and the Bulls. And Rex Chapman uh, sent out a tweet that said the the nineties Utah Jazz were just as I can't remember what the word he used was, but just as rough as the Bad Boy. Pistons, they just never got the pub. What do you think about that opinion? Um, you know, I'm not. It doesn't strike me as that off, to be totally honest with you. I mean, there was a lot of pub. I mean, for one, you had you had more personality on those Pistons teams. You know what I mean? You know, the mailman was a larger than life figure but he didn't talk as much as Bill Lambeer. Uh, you know, John Stockton was workmanlike, but, you know, he'd sit there with that stoic look on his face and, 
and 100% put an elbow in your back on a, on a back screen or something. I mean, that's just the truth. You know, John was, was, was tough and, you know, there were times that he was accused of being dirty. Um, so, I mean, I know it kind of seems like sacrilege to use that word, but I mean, they, they played hard and, you know, then you get into the later, uh, I've got Matt Harpering on my mind. Was Matt part of those teams? Uh, he came out a little later, but uh, you he could include him in the convo. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, you know, and then just, I mean, there was a physicality with those jazz teams, but the thing with the bad boys is that the jazz, for one, they didn't have as many playoff battles with the bulls, obviously, um, in terms of, you know, the Pistons being the team that, that kept Jordan down before he could even get to the finals for all those years. And within that, you had the Jordan rules, which were, you know, as Chuck Daly uh, designed to keep Jordan at bay. And they just, that was one of my favorite parts of the last couple episodes of the documentary was the actual tactical breakdown. I think it was um, Brendan Malone, former Pistons assistant coach, and Mike Malone's father, the, uh, the Denver Nuggets head coach, breaking down just what that actually meant. You know, funnel Michael to the baseline, uh, you know, and basically if it gets anywhere in the paint, you got to level him and get him out. So, I mean, I get the conversation. Um, I don't know which one is more physical, but everything with the Pistons and the Bulls, uh, in the end, was a lot more high profile. Sam, is there anything that, as you've had time to reflect over the past number of weeks, uh, anything that you know now or something has dawned on you that you didn't know when you were hustling and bustling around doing what you typically do during a normal season? Um, help me with that one, Gordon, a little bit. From what you, standpoint? Uh, just from as you've observed and had time to think about uh, things that you've been able to watch the Jordan series uh, reflect oh, sure. on his career. Is there is there anything that you've had time to ruminate over that uh, that you normally would not have gotten to uh, on account of this strange sort of hiatus we're on? Yeah, I mean, there's just for the work side of things. There's obviously just a, a, a lot more nostalgia going on right now and, yeah. and honestly that's that that stuff's a lot of fun like you know in a vacuum would i rather talk about whether the bad boy pistons and the jazz were you know which one was tougher or you know talk about whether or not the sacramento kings of 2020 are going to catch the memphis grizzlies like it's not even close you need that conversation about the pistons and the, and the, and the jazz um you know i it's also fun because I've been in the NBA space for so long, but this documentary for me represents, you know, the entire era right before I came along, not even right before it's about 10 years before, uh, well, I guess seven years before I came along. And, and so it's fresh. I mean, I was watching as a fan. Um, I told this story the other day when I was in college in Sacramento state, I used to work at a grocery store and I would uh, frequently have work to do in the produce section. And, uh, and over time, I, I learned that Dennis Rodman's ex-wife and Dennis's daughter lived in Sacramento, and they used to come into to my grocery store like once a week. And, I, you know, it was kind of surreal because I was watching the Bulls, you know, that we're now seeing in this documentary. And like a, a world away, you know, you had kind of a, the personal element of Dennis's life it was just kind of doing their thing in a very different part of the country. But, I mean, that was my 
press row seat. That's as close as I got. You know, I was in a different place in life. So to watch this now um, and know what I know, having covered the league for so long, it's fun. And I'm living vicariously. I mean, one of my favorite parts, you know, David Aldridge, who I work with now at The Athletic, is like the media rock star of this documentary because of his, you know, sword career where he's getting heavily featured because he lived it. Uh, part of me is jealous. Like, I wish I came along younger. Uh, you know, I guess, you know, he was born earlier because a lot of my friends uh, are some of the more prominent people getting interviewed here. You know, Jay Adande, people like that. Uh, it's just, it's fun to watch because it also was a little bit of a, it was a throwback time uh, from a media standpoint where the stars, the Jordans, the Barclays, and everybody in between, you know, they needed the media more than they do now. And so, you know, they were even a bigger part of that ecosystem than I think we are now. I wonder if other people of your uh, generation, for lack of a better word, are feeling the same way. I bet they are. Yeah, no, I think so. Um, things have changed, for sure. And it's not, you know, the game has changed. The media industry has changed. Um, and But the, the gem of this whole doc, obviously, is that it just seems, you know, it's just a wonderful surprise that, you know, they they had the kind of footage that, uh, that, you, ever, that you never would have thought, you know, if you had this, this kind of footage, you run it 20 years ago. You don't hold on to it for 22 years. And we've talked before about the backstory there. Um, but, yeah, it's got me kind of in my, you know, feeling about um, just that era. I mean, even not to get too sidetracked, guys, but, like, Forget if I mentioned this on the show last week, but you know how we had Andy Thompson on our podcast, the, the guy who shot all the footage? Right. From uh-huh. Andy. So so Andy had told us a story on our podcast about how one of the reasons there was such a delay to The Last Dance is because another documentary kind of got in their way. It was the uh, Jordan to the Max, IMAX special, that they started filming during the playoffs in 98. And really, the NBA entertainment people kind of got annoyed by that. And and that was like the first delay. So uh, just the other day, it kind of occurred to me, I just sitting there, you know, uh, for some reason this thought came to mind. I was like, wait a minute, I, I got Jordan to the max in my DVD cabinet. Like I watched that thing like crazy back in the day. And and so even now, like, I just pulled that thing out today. It's on my kitchen counter. And, and you know, whenever I can carve out 90 minutes, I'm going to be watching, you know, another Jordan thing just because I'm enjoying watching that whole era. Well, Sam, thank you as always for jumping on with us, and uh, thank you for being uh, Gordon and my, for that matter, beacon of optimism that we may indeed have basketball in some way, shape, or form again. Thank you, sir. We'll see you guys. Everybody's got to stay healthy, and tests obviously got to be administered, so no guarantees, but they're definitely still hoping. I'm looking forward to uh, bowing in your presence, Sam, and saying you were right. Yeah, well, I just would be nice to see you, and, and maybe even I, I don't know if we're ever going to be allowed to shake hands again. Maybe we'll fist down, Gordon. But hope right. you guys can hang in there. Thanks, guys. Stop you. Thank uh, you, thanks, Sam. Man. Uh, Sam Amick from the Athletic. He joins us on Thursdays. Your daily assist right here on the Big Show on ninety-seven five and twelve eighty the Zone. And you know, Gordon, I is when there's a will, there's a way. And if if they can possibly pull it off, they're going to do it. And that that makes me happy. I, it really does. Figure out a way. Let's get it done. Let's let's. Let's all come together and trying to find out how to best live our lives successfully through the near future. It'd give everybody a lift. It would. I think. Yeah. Unless somebody gets sick and then, uh, then it would drag us right back down. 
Sorry. I, I don't I know. Didn't, I didn't mean to. You go you absolutely did. But I don't I mean. think one test or one positive would would shut something down like it has before. I th- I think if they get to this something, they'll be prepared to move that person off the line, test, and deal with those situations. They'd have to. Well, you would hope so. They'd right. have to. And in fact, they're doing that in in the world today. These essential businesses that actually the federal government is forcing to stay open. That's exactly what they're doing. So why would the NBA be any different? Yeah, I, I suppose so. We shall see. We're all just guessing, you know. And one thing Frank said is, don't. when I talked with him earlier today before we had him on the air, he said, don't always be looking forward to when it's guessing when it's going to end, you know, because all that does is frustrate you after a while. Just ride that wave until uh, until it actually happens and you feel good about it. And I think there's something to be said for that. I do too. But if we can ride that wave and watch basketball at the same time, that sounds pretty good. Yeah, I suppose so. Right? I'll watch out for the Sharks. Oh. All right, we'll have more coming up next. Big thanks to Sam Amick for jumping on with us. As always, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thanks for making us part of your day. We have the Not Sports Port coming up at 4.50. Mike Sando of The Athletic, he covers the NFL, is going to join us at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. Got a bit of an NFL story for you, Gordo, involving one Jordan Love, who all of a sudden, and we talked about this when it happened, is the biggest NFL story going. (laughs) Sure seems like it, doesn't it? It's got to be pretty pretty wild, right? You, you go from, you know, oh, I'm going to be drafted. It's going to be a big deal, probably a first-round pick. Lo and behold, you you are all of a sudden at the center of the biggest controversy in sports and one that's probably not going to go away until there's actually, like, camp to be had or something. So it's got to be kind of a bizarre situation, right? Well, it's a mixed bag because on the one hand, yes, he's getting notoriety. He's getting attention. People are going to pay attention to what he he does on the field and his progress and who he is. On the other hand, uh, it seems like the pressure is growing on him, which is the exact, well, I kind of think the opposite of what the Packers would have ideally wanted just having him learn the game, uh, take take a couple of seasons to sort of get uh, get his mitts around it, and now it seems like that time has sort of vanished. People are going to expect him to play a certain way right from jump or look a certain way in practice and whatnot. Now, if you were Aaron Rodgers, Gordon, and you were going through this, who do you think you would reach out to to talk about? this current situation who could possibly be a good ear to communicate with well you would ordinarily think Aaron Rodgers would since he went through something similar but uh with Brett Favre but that's obviously not the guy you want to talk to I mean that's not the guy you want to throw all your fears to or or uh allow yourself some degree of humanness 
Why not? Uh, you, because I, you don't want to show any weakness. To Brett Favre? Why? He's, he's got Brett one Favre. foot in the grave. No, Aaron Rodgers I'm talking about. I said, if you're Aaron Rodgers, who do you reach out to? Oh, I was thinking of Jordan Love. I'm sorry. Um, if you're Aaron Rodgers, who do you reach okay, out to? And I'm the answer sorry. is Brett Favre because that's somebody who's been yeah, in your exact Favre same situation, right? Sort of making, Brett Favre's the one who's sort of making fun of you for freaking out about everything. Well, let's get to what Brett Favre is saying because Aaron Rodgers right. has been talking to Brett Favre, which is kind of where I was leading. Uh, <laughs> well, I guess Sorry about that. Earlier, what we, have, what we have here is a failure to communicate. It's, a, it's my fault. I, I take that. No, it was my fault. I'm not uh, going to figure it. So Aaron apparently has been talking to Brett. And uh, we, the first report, which was, I believe, at the beginning of this week, Brett had said that uh, he would expect Aaron to finish his career eventually, play somewhere else. And now he had made, uh, Brett made an appearance on Sirius XM NFL Radio and uh, talked a little bit more about it. And I'm curious to your, your uh, response, Gordon. He, he started off by saying, Aaron and I have a great relationship and we've talked about it. Obviously, he's a little disappointed. So he's uh, spoken with Aaron, and Aaron uh, not uh, not real excited as you might think. Mm-hmm. Um, he was Favre was asked about uh, you know what sign that the or what the message the the Packers are sending to Aaron, and he said, "quote To me, the word disrespect I think is perfect. That's the message that it sends to Aaron." And uh, they go on to talk about. Um, uh, the fact that the, the Packers did not draft a receiver either, how Favre said if you're going to draft Love, maybe draft Aaron a, a receiver to kind of soften the blow, uh, so to speak, speak. And Favre said, he told Aaron, Aaron, you're on your own, buddy. And then he also said, quote, Aaron, do you ever look around and say, I feel like the odd man out? And uh, Favre said that Aaron answered, yeah. <laughs> but interesting, Aaron would be consulting with Favre throughout all of this, and none of this sounds good as far as the relationship with the Packers and Aaron Rodgers goes, which Jordan Love, of course, is awkwardly right in the middle of. Well, he's talking about jump-starting some sort of ill will. Uh, yeah, that's uh, exacerbating the situation. So that's another interesting component to the whole thing. Um but I think I think Aaron Rodgers just needs to chill out a little bit. Everybody knows he's a great quarterback. Everybody knows what he's capable of doing. There is no way they're going to put Jordan Love in uh, into Aaron Rodgers' role unless Aaron gets hurt. So he does have time. So if he has confidence in his ability to keep playing, he keeps himself in good shape, and he continues to play at a high level, Jordan Love's going to stay on the bench. So the best way for him to handle it is to play well. Yeah, but Favre is basically telling him, and Rodgers is viewing it as they're replacing you, bro. Uh, which life. is true. Which is true. Now no, the time no, frame eventually the time eventually, frame is arguable, but yes, they're replacing Aaron Rodgers. They That's, saw they saw an opportunity to get a quarterback they really like, and so they got yeah they 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 acquired his replacement eventually. But you don't. It's, it's not. It's not happening anytime soon. Come on. But by not drafting a receiver, aren't you kind of sending that signal? Like, hey, we don't really care about well, your ability ways, to play. There's other ways for the Packers to uh, upgrade their receiving core. They can find. Uh, they can probably find a pretty good uh, addition somewhere else. But that's what they've been doing for do four years, and they've been taping it together with the receivers there in Green Bay for a while. <laughs> 
And they've never drafted a skill position player outside of Jordan Love in the first round in his entire tenure in Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers, that is. Well, that's probably a little frustrating for him. But, <laughs> and now but they, they, can, they, hey, guess what, Aaron? They drafted a skill position. Oh, yeah, who? Well, a quarterback. Oh, oh. <laughs> well, that's just terrific. <laughs> well, I mean, like you said, they're doing exactly to Aaron Rodgers what they did to uh, Brett Favre. So grow up, be a full-grown uh, adult about the whole thing, and go about your business. You'll be fine. It, it, uh, although, although Aaron Rodgers is obviously the king of Green Bay, and so – he should go into the front office and say, hey, what can you do for me in addition to the draft isn't the only way. Well, I think he's done that. Well, do it I, again. I think that's the reason Mike McCarthy isn't coaching there anymore. Well, they they do need to uh, upgrade somehow. And uh, uh, I, I would keep stressing that. I mean, at some point, at some level, they have to listen to Aaron Rodgers, right? He's their best player. I think that's why they drafted Jordan Love, because they're tired of listening to him. Oh, come on, Jake. That's an overreaction. How so? You really, really think the reason that they drafted Jordan Love because they want to put Aaron Rodgers in his place? A little bit, yeah. Or at least take uh, the power out of his hands, 100%. Uh, maybe a little bit, but not. I don't think that's the emphasis here. I think they saw a player they like, and they think they can develop him in time. And that's the key part of this whole thing, Jake, is in time. But you can make I that mean, argument about Aaron every Rogers, other— it took him. it took him three years. I mean, he was sat on the bench for three years. So check back with Aaron Rodgers when he's 39 years old. He might have a different frame of reference at that point. Well, you don't draft a quarterback in the first round. You don't intend to play. Uh, well, like I said, four years from now. Oh, Jordan Love's not sitting four years. They'll give up on him before they see he sits four years. Aaron Rodgers sat for three years. Right, and then they pushed Brett Favre out, and Aaron played. He didn't but, sit for yeah, four. Yeah, but Aaron Rodgers will be 39 years old by then. You may, I mean, Brett Favre was the same I, wouldn't age. You be, wouldn't you be suspicious of any quarterback that's 39 years old? I think you'd be having questions about that guy. And now, Except for the Patriots they, they, pushed out Jimmy G for a 39-year-old. He might have been older. Yeah, but that, that was that's an outlier. How? It's an outlier. How? It's, that just usually doesn't happen. Somebody doesn't continue to play like Tom Brady has into his four is forty years old. You know, I mean, so I I think it will be understandable to see Aaron Rodgers slowly slide into a descent over the next three years, and then they'll have Jordan Love perfectly trained up and ready to go from that point on. So they'll be prepared for the demise of Aaron Rodgers. I mean, that's not exactly replacing somebody. That's just preparing for a replacement three or four years from now. It's not how Aaron's going to view it. And I don't think that's entirely how the Packers mean it either. Really? He threw for 26 touchdowns last year and four interceptions and threw for over 4,000 yards. Seven fewer touchdowns than Jameis Winston. (laughs) (laughs) Vomit, vomit. Oh, man, Jake. Jameis Winston, who threw more interceptions last season than Aaron Rodgers has in his entire career. That can't be true. It's 100% true. 
you're looking for the negative here, man. It, I, I think it's a move toward preparation, not a move toward ouster. Oh, it's a move toward ouster. Wait, how could you even say that? Jake. Of course it's a move how, toward ouster. How should they bother Aaron Rodgers other than not adding another skill player who can help him win now? Why should it bother him for a team to be preparing for what's going to happen in 2024? Uh, Aaron Rodgers, by the way, his interception high for a season was 13 in 2008. He has 84 total over his career, which is pretty amazing. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's only had two seasons where he's been in double digits interceptions, 2010 and 2008. I will repeat what I said earlier. Anybody who freaks out over this move is being paranoid and overreacting. Well, it doesn't sound like Aaron Rodgers is handling it very well. <laughs> and he always handles things well. Oh, yes. Of course he does. Uh, what does What's-Her-Name think about this whole thing, I wonder? Uh, Olivia Munn, she's probably bent. No, no. <laughs> You're behind one girlfriend, aren't you? Uh, the the short, uh, the more narcissistic one, <laughs> Danica, Danica Patrick. Patrick? Yeah. Uh-huh. Is, is she has she been replaced yet? Has she been ousted? I don't think so. Ousted. <laughs> Not that I know of, but we'll let you know. We'll check the old. So team. you're comparing this. You're comparing this to say if if Aaron Rodgers um, scheduled a date with uh, who's who's the latest hot up and comer uh, that uh, would would threaten uh, what's her name Danica Patrick Bette Midler. <laughs> uh, let's say that uh, Aaron Rodgers scheduled a date in in 2020. 20, 2024 with uh, with Jennifer Lawrence. Who's he's this? About, he's about six years behind. Who's uh, this Jennifer Lawrence? Hot and up and coming. What about uh, somebody that Austin thinks? What about Gina Lawrence. Davis? <laughs> Goldie Hawn. <laughs> I, I got to admit, if it came to a relationship like that, you might be a little ruffled around the edges let's get out of the zone phone joining us now our good friend tom from the warehouse two locations for you 1967 south 300 west in salt lake city 86 east university parkway in orem tom still taking care of our listeners with the best deals in town we are and uh, we are going to boom some stuff out of here this weekend i've got the queen adjustable bed Adjustable motorized base with a mattress, uh, normally $1,400 deal, only $499. And, Jake, I want to focus real quickly on all of the queen adjustable beds. I've got the $499 special, but then if you want the best, I mentioned it last hour, if you want the best, I've got the PB575. It's a base made by Enzo. It's one of the nicest queen bases in the industry. It's It's got all the bells and the whistles. It's got the head up, foot up. It's got USB to charge your phone. It's got LED lights underneath it. It's got uh, massage, I think 24 settings, in fact, of massage. And then we're going to give you a latex hybrid mattress. The mattress uh, deal is incredible by itself. We're going to do the whole package out the door at $1,299 plus tax. You cannot beat it. Then if you want us to deliver and set up, we're going to do delivery and set up for only $50. 
that's about 75% off a couple of our competitors for the delivery and setup. Then we announced uh, earlier today the king deal of a lifetime. This is a king gel-infused memory foam mattress with the motorized adjustable base, the entire package, only $9.99. Then if you want, uh, we've got a split king deal at $19.99, two mattresses to choose from. Then if you want one of the nicest deals in the country, there's nobody that's going to beat this deal, $24.99. This is a split king that has USBs. It has massage. It has LED lights underneath. It has memory settings, so if you find your favorite sweet spot, you can just hit that and go back to it the next day with three mattresses to choose from. I've got a 13-inch incredible, uh, let's call it a hybrid that's got latex and gel in it, the entire package, $24.99. But that's not all. As I mentioned, we're going to give you 20% off every yellow ticket. That will not happen unless you... Mention Jake or the Zone, and then don't forget we're doing that uh, Gordon special, the nine ninety nine. Come and see us. We're at the warehouse. I'm here in uh, the Orem store today, and uh, it's real easy to find right off I fifteen on University Parkway eighty six east. And then the Salt Lake stores even easier to find right on Third West nineteen sixty seven south, right across the street from Home Depot. The warehouse earthquake boom. Very nice, Tom. Thank you very much, as always. And yes, Thanks, they, guys. Thank you, Tom. They are extremely easy to find. 1967 South, 300 West in Salt Lake, and then they're in Orem, 86 East, University Park uh, Parkway. Drop by, take advantage of it. Coming up next, Not Sports Report. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. Check this out. And now, your Not Sports Report on 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. I'm picking up good vibrations. She's giving me the excitations. I'm picking up good vibrations. She's giving me the excitations. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It is time once again. Fortunately for some, unfortunately for others, for the Not Sports Report, brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles in inventory shop online at LHMUsedCars.com. On a day, Gordon, where you've tended to be a little negative today, I'm hoping we go someplace positive for the Not Sports Report. Well, it depends on your point of view, but I've got a couple of items I want to get to here. Okay. The, the first one is this. Some people in their consideration for for a rush back to reopening businesses and uh, uh, getting everybody back to work again have come up with a with a solution that they think will help all right a four day work week some countries already do that but uh, some experts are suggesting that if you're only in the office or in a workspace four days out of the week instead of five, it will help uh, limit crowds in the office and whatnot. Well, Gordon, you've been on this trend for a long time, man. Uh, I don't know. I don't remember that I have been. But anyway, I thought that was interesting. No, no, I'm just saying, when when was the last time you bounced down to the old trip offices? You've been ahead of this curve for quite some time, that's all. Well, you don't want to spread germs. Right. keep everybody healthy. (laughs) I'm giving you credit here. I think once every five months is probably enough. 
Uh, I've heard of some off offices out there, Gordon, doing uh, like work from home a couple of days, like uh, uh, splitting up the shifts. So you only have, mm -hmm. you know, whatever capacity, uh, you know, 25 percent capacity in the office at one particular time. I, um, you know, I, I know a lot of uh, city workers uh, have been on the four day work week schedule for a long time. I have a buddy who used to be a. Uh, an engineer for North Salt Lake City, and I know they were on four-day work week for some time. So it's not something that uh, hasn't been around for a while. But I think I think a lot of companies out there will have to adjust some things to uh, you know uh, lower the risk in work environments. And maybe it's a four-day week. Maybe it's you know uh, a certain amount of your time. Seventy-five percent of your time is at home, or or whatever the case may be. Whatever works for individual companies. But I think it's good. I think it's good we're thinking about these things. And then there's finally this, and this is close to my heart, very close, because I think it's important to tell the truth. Today, April 30th, is National Honesty Day. Today is a day to be honest, to do, be nothing but truthful in all we do, in all we say. So let me rally our listeners Tell the truth today, no matter at any cost. If it's embarrassing for you or embarrassing for someone else, go ahead and say it like it is. What do you think? Can I get support on this, fellas? Sure. Honestly, at the beginning of the show, Gordon, you really hurt my feelings. Uh, how come? I was just talking to you about how I help cook dinner, and you just crapped all over it. <laughs> Well, it's National Honesty Day. And, and coming from somebody truth. that never prepares meals for himself ever, I was particularly <laughs> insulted. <laughs> well, you were bragging about making dinner, and your dinner consisted of uh, boiling a hot dog and dumping a can of chili on it, and then you wanted credit for that. We grilled the hot dogs, first of all, and making chili oh, dogs for dinner bit. along with fruit and a salad is still making dinner. You and made see, the this salad? Is, what? Of course I did. I told you I made the whole dinner. And what was the salad? What did you put in there? I don't know. Lettuce, tomatoes, avocado. What did, What do you put in salad? Oh, well, I take good. that back. You never make salads. Never mind. I've helped make salads. <laughs> How do you help make a salad? <laughs> Cut stuff up and chuck it in there. Yeah. You know? So anyway, but, honestly, uh, anyway, I was I was definitely hurt. Today, remember, today's National Honesty Day. I want to see if you guys, for the rest of the day, can make it through without stretching the truth or or making anything up or just absolutely being 100% brutally honest from I here on. I honestly believe you're doing the show in just a bathrobe and bikini briefs right now. <laughs> Not true. I honestly believe Not that. true. Nope. Not happening. You told me to be honest. I honestly believe that. I honestly believe Mike Sando is going to join the show coming up next. Just because you believe it doesn't mean that it's true. I'm being honest with you, Gordon. What do you want from me? You told me to be honest with you. I'm I know, being but I'm honest being honest too, you. and I'm telling you I'm not. Well, I don't see, believe that. See how long you can make it. Let's make it a goal right now. All our listeners out there, see how long you can go without embellishing or stretching the truth at all. I'm out. Start Starting right now. Now so I'm you, out. Think you think you can make it through the weekend? No, no. I'm going to try and not make it through this segment. I've had a really great day on the show today. It's been wonderful. Really? Okay. What? Nothing. I got nothing. Mike's All I'm saying 
Just be honest. Mike Sando is coming up next. That's honestly true. That is true. We're going to talk some NFL football straight ahead, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.